Hi, everybody. I'm Rogers Healy, the host of Rogers Music Tour, a podcast, a business, and a lifestyle dedicated to carrying on the legacy of music. The one thing that we can all agree upon, uh, no matter how divided the world is, uh, no matter what we have our systems in our head with religion, with science, with politics, music is the one thing that we can all uh, universally love. And today, is a special day for me. Uh, as a 42-year-old man, I can count on one hand the musicians that I first remember. Uh, the Beach Boys, Don Henley, and, of course, Richie Valens. Uh, I first heard Richie Valens play when I was probably three years old. Uh, the song was Donna, and then it evolved from there. And I remember being a kid from Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, the two most famous people to ever come out of Corpus, one was Selena, who was buried to my next to my grandfather, which is another story. And the other was a guy named Lou Diamond Phillips. And Lou Diamond Phillips, who I ended up later meeting in life, first came on the scene uh, with the smash movie La Bamba, where uh, Richie Valens was mainstream again uh, for people my age, for people older. And um, today we have just an incredibly special guest. We have my now friend, Connie Valens, who um, has been in the music scene her entire life. She is a California lady that has moved to uh, different parts of the country. And we're going to have a conversation today about uh, the power of music and how she has carried the legacy of her brother, who has been uh, an angel for a few decades now. But uh, with all that being said, Connie, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today and for giving us the gift of your time, because uh, that is the one thing we cannot go create. So thank you and welcome. Thank you for such a gracious welcome. And you just amaze me with your love and the heart you have for this. And it's people like you, um, you know, fans, people in media, people in music that perpetuate my brother's legacy. So for that, my family and I are truly grateful. Thank you. I just started crying. Oh, um, I, oh I felt this. I felt a little. Yeah. No, because he was 17 for goodness sake yeah no. you know um to be sitting here 63 years later and having a conversation with a 42 year old that was three years old when he found out i mean just think of of the chances of that i mean 17 years old he was like a father figure to me seriously i was eight he was 17 you know he took care of us. I mean, I know we're going to get into questions, so I don't want to get too much ahead. But no, no, no. He was, he was so much more than the music. He was, he didn't know how good he was. He just didn't. We didn't know how good he was. Yeah. And unfortunately, it took his death to show us. At 17 and, years yeah. old. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that, and, and, and this is just an open conversation. We've got questions to go over, but it's really more about you kind of sharing you know, maybe some of the stories that we don't know about and then just, you know, em em emphasizing the importance of, of what he did. And I think something that, you know, as I became a, you know, kind of a unqualified music historian, I think one of the most important things your brother did is he like the Temptations were my other favorite group still are, but the Temptations and Richie really were the first crossover artists in a lot of definitions where, you know, rarely did you have someone who Spanish was their native language, they would sing a song that was on popular radio. And the Temptations were the first group to bring people of color with white people on the same dance floor because of a song called My Girl. And so but if it wasn't for Richie, the stage literally wouldn't have been set. And his music career, I believe, was only it was less than one year where he was actually on popular radio. And so yeah. 
uh, a, a lot of people that are watching this and listening, you know, you've all heard of Richie Valens. You probably know La Bamba, which was a song that he made popular. But, you know, his catalog is extremely deep, especially for someone who was literally only on popular radio for, I believe, eight months. Um, but I, I want to start with you. And I want to start with the fact that, you know, you were a young child when your brother passed away. I think that you were eight years old. And mm-hmm. um, that'll change anybody's life, no, no matter, you know, who your brother is. But Let's talk about you and, and your love for music and how obviously it was something that was a part of your family, still is part of your family, and, and, and how that's kind of gotten you to the point a few decades later where you still feel called to share the importance of music with your brother, but really music in general. So maybe walk us through your background and then we'll we'll go from there. Well, you know, the story is really about my brother, um, but, you know, mama was a single mom. Um, the family stuck together. We took care of one another. Uh, for Richie, really, it was all about us. It was all about taking our family, myself included, from a life of poverty, which is permanent, you know, um, to, to a better life. Just anything would have been better in his eyes. And uh, he just wanted... He was some, he he wanted to be the man of the house, take care of his mama, buy her a house, take care of his sisters, his little brother, you know. Um, do, you, he do just, you remember all that? Do you remember as a kid, like just watching the evolution of your family and and the mission of of a seventeen year old, of a sixteen year old? Which I, I think that even back then, I mean, that's still really really young to have that kind of wherewithal and desire to go provide for a family. That's not normal, and and it, to, it is, and that's. You know, I think that's one of the reasons that people admire the legacy. He was 17. In the movie, it's depicted, there's a scene, and it just took our breath away. But he's leaving because Bob only wants him. Bob Keane only wants him. He doesn't want the band. And he, you know, he was 17. He wanted to be loyal to his bandmates. And Bob Keane makes a statement like, well, it's either your band or your music. And Richie looks at him and says, it's my family. Mm. And, um, you know, talk about a moment in the theater with that line and mama sitting between us. It was tough because we had to relive everything as adults now. But as a kid, you know, I don't know if I have a use, you use the word evolution of it. You know, when you're eight years old and you see your mom, I mean, you're, you're just happy to be in a home with your mom, with your family. And now you got your brother who's, who's making an impact on the outside world and he's not home anymore. He's gone a lot. And, um, you know, things are changing and they're changing quickly. And you're just going to school and coming home and, you know, mom's cooking dinner and she's getting a call from Richie every now and then and we ask how he is. And it was just day to day. You know, um, it was just day to day and we look forward for him. We look forward to when he would come home and mama always made sure she had all the ingredients for all his, you know, favorite meals. And it was great family time, but also his friends wanted to see him. So we started to see less and less of him. How old were you when you first realized your brother had a gift? And, and the gift of being a musician, not just having a stage presence and being a performer, but when you really realize that, okay, this is not a hobby. This is something that could potentially literally change the world. You know, we were in the car 
and we knew he had a record out there. The first time we heard it, I think it was on K something WB. It's it's in the movie. Um, the first time we heard him on the radio. Where were you that, living? What city were you in? We were in the valley. We were in Pacoima. But the her first time we heard Richie on the radio, it was like, oh, my God, that's Richie. <laughs> you know, and it was we turned up the volume because we couldn't believe it. It was it was surreal because we had heard him, you know, practicing and strumming and um, and he did. He he wrote stuff at home, but it was behind a closed door yeah. <laughs> and we would kind of, you know, listen because he was working but the first time we heard it on the radio kfwb um do you remember who oh sorry go ahead no no i just said it was it was unbelievable for us that was our brother what music was playing when you remember other than your brother like when you heard music around your house that was maybe the soundtrack to your family when richie was younger when you were younger and obviously eight years old it's hard to remember anything much less what you had for breakfast today but what music was on the radio when you guys were children? Well, my mom kept it on on the on the rock music. Um, she also listened to Hispanic stations. Um, she music was always playing our home. She had one of the first things Richie bought Mama was a record player. Seriously, and then there were the albums. And so every morning we would wake up to Pedro Infante, Miguel Aceves Mejia, um, all of them, um, and once Richie's albums started being released, we she'd play them. But she loved she loved all kinds of music. Um, she liked country western music. We listened to everything. We even had a Hawaiian album. Go figure that. And Richie had actually did a concert in Hawaii. Was it Don Ho? You know what? I it, it probably was. You know, back in the late fifties, it probably was. You you probably didn't expect me to know who Don Ho was, but I know because I remember in my family's house we would have Don Ho playing a song called "Tiny Bubbles." And I'll yes, never, I'll never course. forget it. My grandma would play Don Ho and Freddie Fender, and I I yeah. grew up in South Texas, and we had a lot of Tejano music, and not that yeah. Don Ho was Tejano, but that was no, um, I know. No, but I'm just saying that to say my mom liked all kinds of music. She really did. And um, when we grew up in the Valley, there was no color. You know, Richie, um, his bandmates were Asian, Black, Italian, white. Mm. You know, my mom's best friends were, you know, were Black. And, um, you know, our family, of course, my mother was from Arizona, uh, Indian descent, Maya Yaki tribe. Um you know, my grandfather from Sonora, um, you know, we were just kind of multi, you know, ethnicity. I mean, we never considered ourselves anything except, you know, just love one another. Um, um, when I moved to the Central Coast, of course, then it was very different. That was after his death. We didn't fit. Yeah. Where did you we, move to? Where was the first place? Um, it was in Santa Cruz County area. Yeah. And you were either migrant or you were white. They didn't have any in between. <laughs> and here we were in between. So it was kind of, that's the first time I saw color. Yeah. And it was a little unsettling because we'd never known that. We weren't raised like that. Yeah, which makes y'all that much more special. Um, so who would, who would you have said, back to the childhood, the evolution, um, you know what Pandora is? You know, like when you put on a station, it plays other artists that are like that artist. So as your brother was evolving and becoming a, 
you know, professional musician, who do you think the people were that he was looking up to before he made it big? I mean, obviously this is in your early teenage years because he made it big at a well, you know, young age. He loved, he loved like little Richard. Um, in fact, he was called the little Richie of the San Fernando Valley. Because really? he had, oh yeah. Ooh, my head, all his rockers, you know, he really, uh, Fats Domino was a big influence. I, remember I he found my thrill. Yeah. I'm blue. Yeah. I remember that a lot. And, and people, the thing with Little Richard, people don't realize how how important he was to music. And, oh. and I, I think he was born Richard Pettyman or Perryman out of Memphis. But what he did for music is so important. And he was so incredibly talented, but he got overshadowed by his flamboyance and his outfits yeah. and a little bit of, of drama. But the flair that he brought to music, and I think he just died two or three years ago, um, was incredibly important. Did, did Richie play piano or was he always guitar? He was mostly guitar and, tr and drums and some trumpet. Some trumpet. Wow. Yeah. Um, so so uh, playing back in the music part. So whenever it started to actually happen, what was the how, how did you know that he actually was going to be professional? And I, obviously back then there still were dreams of kind of everybody wanting to be an actor or a musician. And, you know, he had some competition. But do you remember the meetings that he had maybe with record execs or any kind of agents or managers at the house? Um, well, you know, it was mostly Bob Keen in that little studio. And um, then he, you know, formed Delphi Records. So it was all pretty small stuff, actually. Golly. But, and um, we were in Hollywood. Oh, goodness, I'd have to get the book to give you a year. But Bob Keen had written a book called The Oracle of Delphi, mm. and um, which featured all of the artists he had produced over the years. And he had actually sent a special invitation for us to be a part of that. And setting all of the things aside, like Mama had taught us to do, my sister and I attended. And we have wonderful pictures with him between my sister and I. And he's giving us each a kiss on the cheeks. And at the, in Hollywood there, at the, at the you know, location where they held this, um, they had the Ampax, the wheel to wheel, that they actually used in the movie. Mm. That was the original um, recording system that he recorded Richie on. It was mm. there. My gosh. And, and when I went up to it, um, it's this weird phenomenon thing with me and him. We were very bonded. And um, don't tell my family, but um, no, I'm just kidding. You were, you were the favorite sister. Thank you. No, you said it. Yeah. I, I, I. I can read between the lines. And if y'all are watching, if you're listening and not watching to this, she definitely just gave me the shush face, but I, I, I read it. <laughs> and, um, and you know, it's this, this vibe I get. If it, if Richie was near it, I know I sense it. Mm. So when I walked up to this thing, it was, it was like my, it was just like crazy. I knew, I knew that this was a real deal. People have brought things up to me and said, Oh, this is, this is this. And I'll look at them and I said, Oh, how nice for you because i don't sense that mm. i have a that was just on display recently here at a pearson lakes art center okaboji um a pick a fender pick that belonged to my brother no way. and when a good friend gave it to me my hand was shaking and he and i were both crying because this was the real deal and i i had it on display um this last week at a performance there and um most recently um we were able to buy in auction a letter that Betty Holly's mother wrote 
to our mother, dated February 14th, 1959. No way. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 wow. Yeah, um, and I, I, I had that exhibited there and it was the first time that it was um, exhibited in public. Wow. Well, Buddy Holly from Lubbock, Texas, uh, yeah. my home state, my wife went to Texas Tech and and not to not to sidetrack you, but I saw the Who in concert for the first time about three months ago, and I ended up sitting next to Buddy Holly's uh, widow. And well, Maria was there. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was there, and that concert was not quiet. That was the loudest concert I've ever been to um, in, in my entire life. Um, okay, I want to make sure that I'm not interrupting your your, the, your story. I feel like I interrupted it, but I want to. No, but that's amazing. In fact, now that you brought up Maria, I'm going up. We haven't spoken in quite some time, but I was going to reach out to her because we're going to be in Lubbock. Mm. I I sent you a copy of a poster. This oh, morning. I thought that okay. The the one okay. First of all, if you want to get connected, I randomly um, I can put the two of y'all in touch. I don't know her, but there's a guy that saw me through this that was uh, Eric Clapton and the Who's tour manager, and so he's the he's, he's well the maybe Korea. maybe we can compare phone numbers later because I do have a number. I'm just not sure if it's still current. Yeah, I don't I don't know her, but I'm saying I'm I'm happy to get you connected to my friend who might be able to put sure. you there. But if that event is in Lubbock, then we'd love to go. I thought it was in Cleveland because in the top corner it said Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, that's who's sp helping sponsor. Oh, well, that's yeah. That's the Buddy Holly uh, Performing Arts Center uh, in Lubbock. Oh, well, Dell, that makes sense. Yeah, well, we're based in Dallas, so Lubbock is an hour flight, and my wife went to to college there. Um, well, I'm um, is a good friend of Joe Lewis Walker, who is also performing. And um, so the, so this event is flying my brother and they're flying my brother out and we're coming on our own, but they're going to put us up as Richie's family. So my brother will actually be performing as part of the show. Wow. Well, I might I might sneak in there and say hi and grab a picture with you if, if, if you get time. I'd love yeah. my Mario, Irma, you know, they'd love to meet you. They, they truly would. Yeah, well, I love it. So back to the music. Um, do you do, do you remember the first time you saw your brother perform? Mm -hmm. Was it at a major event? Was it in your garage? Where where was it? Well, I mean, we perform perform. It was the American Legion. It was. Well, why, at the why don't you get, you got to tell people you got like I know what all this stuff is. I know who Bob is, but you got to you got to tell our our listeners what was the American Legion. Well, you know, American Legion of you know. I mean, a foreign wars, right? It's they have them in pretty much every community where all these guys go and share their stories and have meals and have events there to commemorate, you know, the the wars and and their experiences they shared. And um, and and true to the movie, I mean, it really is true to the movie. Uh, Mama gave up her rent money to rent this little hall so Richie could have a dance, and Richie sat me on one side of the stage. And sat my sister on the other side of the stage, and um, and he was between us, and we were all sitting there looking around, like, "Why are all these people screaming? It's just Richie." <laughs> and that's where we heard him. Mm. That's where we heard him for the first time actually perform. And the girls were going crazy. A lot of people were dancing, and then we understood why he sat us up on the stage so we wouldn't be trampled. <laughs> he was protecting us even then. You were, you were. He had your bodyguards for you. Yeah, he was right there, had keeping an eye on us, making sure nobody got too close. And he was, you know, singing away. Did he Doing write the, all of his own songs? The majority of them. How, how did La Bamba, how did, how did y'all find La Bamba? 
Well, uh, Bob Keen, you know, he was he was a music producer and he just thought it would be really cool to to take something from the culture because of, of where we lived and make a rock and roll. So uh, La Bamba is, a, is an old, old Mexican folk song and there's gazillion versions. But what made Richie's special was he made it rock and roll. No, everyone that it's probably one of the most famous intro guitar licks of all time. Because I mean, Los Lobos did it probably 15 or 20 years later. And, you know, they brought a little bit more mainstream. And I remember, and ironically, to bring it to the who uh, Los Lonely Boys opened for the who. And Los oh, Lonely really? Boys were really they were a big band in the in the late 90s. And they did a cover of La Bamba as well. But what does La Bamba mean? You know, that's a good question. I asked Luis Valdez that. Who better, right? Yeah. He wrote La Bamba. He said La Bamba is the dance of life. Wow. Isn't that amazing? The dance. I like that. And, and I ask you to wear like multiple times I've Googled literally La Bamba, which is Spanish for the Bamba, but there's no, it's like the yeah. Macarena. There's not like a thing that it's supposed to define, but it's just a, it's the dance of life. And how how appropriate that your brother um, popularized that for or modernized that for for decades to come. Yes, he did, and um, you can go. Well, you've been to parties, you've been to receptions, you've been to weddings, you've been to you know birthday parties, and everybody's just sitting around talking. The buzz in the room. They play La Bamba. Everybody's up. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's yeah. up. They're dancing. You know, you know, they're looking around. Yeah, this is this is fun. What was your favorite song that he performed? Come on, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, his. And then, uh, and then the origin of Donna. I mean, cause obviously everyone knew Donna from the movie. Uh, and I know that there's some, uh, on y'all's website. When y'all go, what's the best website for everyone to go to whenever they want to get more information? RichieValens.com. So when they go there, you can learn about Connie. You can learn about how, you know, she yeah, was. We have, I think so. we have, we have one for Donna, Richie's girl. We have Who's High Tone 5, which is our corporation. And that's a really cool one because there's bios on each of us. Mm. So if you click on Who's High Tone 5, bio on Mama, Richie, Bob, Mario, and myself in pictures. Um, we have a really cool one, too. It's called The Day the Music Died. Um, and uh, there's a little record player, like one of those old-fashioned ones. And if you click on that, it'll actually take you to a uh, television um, newscasting that they did and Don is actually a part of that too um, we have um, photos mm. we have archives they want to go back and see some of the things that were posted previously on the news page do you have a store yeah. where we can buy stuff you know I did but um, it was you know just you know kind of random but we do have a place now um, I have a link on there to Iowa uh, Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame and if you go to them, there's actually a section for Richie Valens. I love it. Well, we're, yeah. we're going to be doing some giveaways where we can hopefully um, bring some love to the family and bring some more exposure to Richie. But we'll we'll do that at, at the end of the episode. I want to make sure we're staying staying on on, on target with uh, with the music. Uh, and, and a, a question. Well, before, that... before we leave La Bamba, I'm just real. This is kind of really cool. Um, we actually we couldn't touch La Bamba because of Sony. They own it. So what was the next be best thing? Hmm, let me think. Soy capitán. Yo no soy marinero. Soy capitán, soy capitán, soy capitán. 
Capitan. Yeah, so we trademarked Soy Capitan. No way. Yes, oh, when you're so saying I... Sony, Sony literally owned the rights to the movie La Bamba. No, they they say they we can't use La Bamba. Wow, well, what does Soy Capitan mean? Soy Capitan means I'm the captain, baby. <laughs> soy Capitan, Soy Capitan. Yeah, la, I'm in... la Bamba. No, by La Bamba. By La Bamba. Yeah. I've had to train a lot of musicians around these parts. No, no, no. You don't say la 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 bamba. You say para la la bamba. That is para, today. Para la 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 bamba. Para by la la bamba. Para like dance by R. Yeah, by la. Yeah. You, I, hey, I, I, I hablo espanol. I, I took Spanish for 15 years. Well, para bailar la bamba. Para bailar la bamba, se necesita una poca de gracia. You know what gracia is, right? Thank you. Grace. Oh, grace. Yeah. You wow. have to have a little grace to move, you know? Para bailar la bamba. Well, I told yeah, when, I, when, when, when I started here, I told you I can't sing, I can't I, dance, oh, I can't write music, I can't play an instrument, but my instrument in music is my heart. In my head, because I I love this so much, and I could sit here all day and pretend to dance, but my shoulders, my shoulders don't move. My wife is the dancer out of our family, and um, well, hopefully, that's... hopefully it'll stay that way. Um, so so back... you know what I what I once said was, um, Richie's love of the music he wrote um, was like it, it was in his it was in his DNA. You know, it was in his blood. It was who it was who he was. So what he did with that, that was his vehicle. That was his vehicle to bring his family out of the situation that we found ourselves in. He used his music as a vehicle to bring us out of that place. And and in that, he became a rock and roll icon because that vehicle still on the road. Why do you how do you think it stayed? By the way. I, I tell you, an artist that for some, for, I don't think Richie gets enough credit, but I think Richie was the pre Elvis. And I think that if it wasn't for him, literally Elvis would not have been as popular as he was. And so maybe we can come back to that. But, you know, it, 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 it's been over five decades since your brother went to heaven. And what do you think has been really the motor for keeping him at such a top, top of mind awareness for the world of music? Other than you and your family and, and you know, small people like well, me. No, 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 no. Um, all of that matters. But Richie had a vibrant, youthful, innocent energy. He was giving. He was kind. He, he was only 17, so he was humble. He didn't have a change. He didn't have a chance to get soiled or violated or touched by all the things that were going on in the lives of other artists a few years older, you know, with, with the drugs and the women and, and, you know, the not so clean life. He's he was innocent. still, he was innocent. He was pure. And people love that. I think really about Richie, he was innocent. He was humble. He was pure and he loved his family. And I think everybody starts out with good intentions. Yeah. His just never had, he just never had the opportunity to be spoiled or soiled by it. Mm. You know, I've, I've had conversations with people that knew him 
backstage on tour. And they said he was just a quiet, polite kid, mm. you know, that just sat and listened a lot. But when somebody told a funny joke, he got it. He laughed, you know, mm. <laughs> and yeah. um, he was just um, a, a good guy, just a good guy. Mm. And um, I think um, just like you said, that innocence is what. And then when you hear his voice, I mean, I, I'll put on it. I have a jukebox in my home. I got his records on it, you know, and there's not really any to a light. I mean, you mm. got in my head, then you got framed. And, and then you got Bluebird, and then you go to Donna, and then you go to, come on, let's go. And then, hey, La Bamba, you know, and stay beside me. I love that. Little Girl, Richie's Blues, Malaguena. I mean, it just wasn't about Bamba, La Bamba, come on, let's go. I mean, he had, I think he wrote 22 of the 33 songs he recorded. Mm. And that's my little Susie. Mm. You know where that came from? Mm. My mom had a friend who had a little girl. Her name was Susie. She was my best friend. We were about the same age. She had a club foot. And they never, she never fixed her. Hmm. So it was turned under. So when Susie and I would walk, she would rock to the right and she would rock to the left. No way. My little Susie. Yes. Is she still yes. around? I hope so. I wow. hope so. Man, but that's my little. Is it even little Susie? She knows. Yeah. And I know you still you perform too. I know that you get to sing his songs, and I don't know if you've been able to write any of your own. What's your What's your favorite song to perform? Um, we belong together, and they always make me sing La Bamba. (laughs) You get tired of it? No, no, because if they love it, and if that's another little piece of him, I can share. I'm happy to do it. It might be your 5,000th time to sing it, but it might be their first time to hear it. That's right. And another one I love is Bluebirds. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Bluebirds. Is, is it even fair to ask that if, if Richie was still around today, what do you think he could have accomplished in, in the 53 years since he passed? 63. Oh, my I'm goodness. Sorry, 63. Yeah, he would have. Well, he was, you know, a prolific songwriter, first of all. He would have looked for young talent and produce them. Um, he would have given a hand up, you know, to other people in our community that needed it. I mean, you know, he's not even here. And most recently he had a post office named after him employment. It was just like, what, not even two months ago. Um, he has a Richie Valens Memorial, you know, the, the park there in Pacoima. Hmm. Um, he had a stamp in his honor. He's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Rockabilly Hall of Fame, the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, he, he was, um, inducted into NAMA, the, uh, Native, um, American Music Association where Tommy also presented to our family and mm. was part of the show. He's chair. He was Cherokee. And, you know, Tommy also is famous for flip the flip of the coin for the plane, the seat. Mm. Where a so, lot of people, I think a lot of people think it was, uh, Waylon Jennings. No, um, uh, Waylon Jennings gave up his seat to the bopper. Yeah. And we know, we know the Richardson family. We're all good friends. We're family. Golly. So, uh, and, and y'all listening that aren't familiar with, with kind of the story, which maybe we talk about it, maybe we don't. But J.B. Richardson uh, was known as the Big Bopper. He had a song yeah. called Chantilly Lace, and he was just this big 
offensive lineman type personality that just had a that song was actually a pretty important song too because it it kind of was a little bit of rap if people you know can't really think about it and then obviously richie and then uh buddy holly and his band was called the crickets and um i believe you you live in iowa now don't you i do um and i think that that's where the unfortunate incident uh took, took place 63 years ago i misspoke and said 53 but uh did you get to meet uh big bopper or buddy holly you know at any no time? no that that was i mean i knew jay his son mm. and his son was a clone and mm. he used to say he goes i'm not a junior my mm. father was giles i'm jay mm. but uh he we were in um beaumont they have a big uh they had renamed something there for the big bopper and it was a big event and our whole family went out to be with Jay and it was amazing. And Ashlyn was maybe 18 months to two years and I'm standing next to Jay when they unveiled his father's bust mm. and Ashlyn leans over and looks at it and goes, Papa, that's how much he looked like his father. Wow. And Ashlyn's married with kids. I talked to her husband. I, I stay in touch with Patty. Jay's, jay's widow mm. i actually met titsi mm. trip there who that wait who was titsi titsi was big bopper's wife oh yeah, yeah. so um are we allowed to talk about that day i, I want to well we can touch on that if that's okay yeah well then why don't you why don't you share what you're comfortable sharing because i know that um i want to be respectful to the sensitivity of it well um losing anyone is hard yeah. I mean, when you lose someone, it's hard. I mean, it's, but I think the depth of the grief that our family suffered. I mean, my mama suffered a nervous breakdown. Mm. So not only did we lose our brother, we lost our mama for a while. Mm. And um, Bob was thrown back into the pit he had just crawled out of, trying to be supportive to our brother. So we lost Bob again. And it was just my sister and I, because mom, Mario was with mama wherever she went. I never found out where she went. We didn't talk about it. But, um, and so my sister and I just clung to each other. And it was a very, very dark time in our family. Yeah. And it wasn't until La Bamba happened almost what, 30 years later, that um, we were actually able to, through, to relive it asking questions, mm. hearing mama talk about it. Nobody did. Um, our house was really quiet two times a year, February 3rd and on Mother's Day, which is Richie's birthday, May 13th. Yeah. Those were the only times we saw mama cry and it was really quiet on yeah. those days. And, yeah. And how old were you when you realized that your job one of your roles one of your objectives was to carry on the legacy I and mean, because at eight, eight years old i mean obviously you're incredibly wise and at eight years old I, I know you were too but how old were you when you when you had a kind of a click moment where your role w was to help you know do what you've been doing you know um, <laughs> it's actually rather funny we were at a big premiere in san jose and they had the family lined up on stage and um you know, the, the, the MC there was talking to us. We had, he had passed the mic. Everybody got to say hello. And then he took the mic back. He goes, well, who's going to speak for the family? 
And the audience started laughing. And I'm like, why is it, why are they laughing? And I'm looking around and my whole family had stepped back and left me standing next. To How old were you? I was in my 30s. Oh my gosh. So you just kind of assumed the role as spokesperson. No, they stepped back and gave me the role as spokesperson. I never asked for it. And I've always reminded them of that because before any decisions are made, I go to them. How does this sound? How do you feel about this? And a few years ago, we started working with C3, which stands for comedy three, which is the three stooges. And it's actually the family that they run a licensing company. Wait, the and, three stooges? Yeah. Um, well, it's Larry's grandson. No way. Yes way. And so they, they manage our licensing. Oh, so cool. in such a load off because they're excellent at what they do. And they're very protective because they've been down that road. And one of the reasons we signed with them was because they, they, they know, they realize they walked in our shoes. They walked in our moccasins, yeah. you know, because they, you know, got scammed. Oh, I didn't know about that. And they wanted to make sure that that didn't happen to other families. So they're very protective and I adore them. Wow. I'm, yeah. I was a big Three Stooges fan. I actually, I sent you a text message. So to the to the music stuff, um, I, I I literally, I mean, and, and randomly, this was my very first piece back when I was a three-year-old. There's a group called Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin Brothers. And mm -hmm. I they autographed a photo for me. And I'll never forget the feeling I had and how it connected me to music. And, you know, you know, kind of since then, I've built a little museum and uh, built a I business out of it. But I don't sell anything. But I tell you, to where literally the single hardest piece I've ever had to find and I know how to dig. I know how to be a bloodhound. But the single hardest piece was a Richie Valens autograph. And I finally got it about a, a year and a half ago. Um, but I tell you this to where I also got my first Three Stooges piece last year with uh, low, low with Larry Moe and Curly. Um, and so obviously just kind of connects your families um, differently. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a, a small world. Um, can I ask one question about that day that is not directly related and if you tell me it's not okay then we'll we'll pivot um the song american pie by don mclean are, are you a fan of it or no you don't have enough time really so let me just in a nutshell i was approached by a production company out of miami that was producing a documentary on the day the music died 50 years i'm a part of it and I'm going to go to the premiere at the surf ballroom of that documentary next Tuesday. No way. Yes way. I met Don, honey. No way. I, I met Don in February. They actually, it was like, well, it is meeting rock and roll royalty. So they came and took me from the VIP area and said, Mr. McLean is ready to see you now. No so way. Into room where my brother actually tossed the coin and sat with the other guys before shows with my little book, The Day the Music Died, produced by VH1, I don't know, 30 years ago. And I get to meet him. He signs my book. No way. And, and this is all being videoed and it's part of the documentary. Wait, yes. so you, you're, it's literally next Tuesday you're going to go see it? Yes. What's it going to be called? Um, the, day, the Day the Music Died. Oh. 
So, well, so am I allowed to ask if you like the song? This is the book. I asked, I asked um, Emily, who's the production manager, if she had ever seen this book. And she said, no, she hadn't, but that she had seen the video from this book. And so she asked me to bring it with me to Clear Lake. And he signed it. No way. And they filmed him signing it to me. And when I walked in, I'm a prayer. So am I. I said, Lord, I'm going to meet this man that wrote this song that pretty much changed what happened, the face of rock and roll with this song, as, as far as this event, you know, this, this, this tragedy. I want to say, hey, it's nice to meet you. So I said, I, I need something that that'll mean something that will speak the truth of the song and how it affected our family. And as I fell as, as I was about to fall off to sleep, he spoke to me and said, what I'm gonna read to you. I said, after they introduced us, I said, I wanna thank you for writing the day the music died. You immortalized my brother, Richie, JP and Buddy. You took a terrible tragedy and wrote rock and roll history. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. And Mark, who's filming this, he's on the floor filming up at us. I look down at him and he just shakes his head. Who is this woman? <laughs> it's oh. not, it's, it's just, um, you know, the breath of God in me, seriously. Mm. Because um, from, I'm not this smart, okay? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and every the room was just, you could have heard a pin drop. And when I came out, when I, you know, was kind of excused, um, I just kind of walked out and Mark's standing out there. And he just looked at me, I go, was that all right? And he goes, it was more than all right, thank you. And I also spent some time on the surf, surf stage with all the lights being interviewed. They also asked me to reenact the first time I went, walked into the surf. On and, camera? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, so getting to meet him and listen, this is the best part. So, you know, I'm back in my little area and um. Austin comes up and he goes, oh, Miss Valenzam, Don would like to see you again. Where do I have it? Mm, I put it away. Um, he presented me with a coin of recognition that says the day the music died, Don McLean, 50 years. There was only 50 made. No so way. I, and I got one. He presented well, her. I mean, you deserve one. Your family. Well, yeah, you think? But I never expected anything. And I think, you see, I think that's what sets us apart. We don't expect anything. And if it happens, it's meant to happen. I mean, I didn't even know if I was going to get to meet him. But yet, because of my mentioning the book I just showed you, Emily says, bring it. He's going to sign it. We're going to film it. Then I get called back in and he presents me this coin. And he gives me a hug. If it wasn't in for your room. family, he wouldn't be Don McLean. Yeah, thank you. But you see, we don't see things like that. We you just need see to. 
I know, I know, but we didn't do anything. He did. I know. Yeah. Well, look yeah. at what you've done. I mean, 63 years later, you've, the, you're talking to me. Like, I know. I, I was know. a I was a kid when the the movie came out, and it's just and and and, the, and Jacob, who is my new social media friend. I mean, it'll just tell you my obsession is literally this and being able to share it. And I hope that if one person becomes a fan of the of the Valens family after listening and watching this, then it's a it's a success. But um, and and for y'all that are not uh, familiar. Don McLean, who people consider one hit wonder, but he's not. He has he's multiple. Not. He's not. And I think Starry Starry Night is one of the prettiest songs of all time. And it's a song about Van Gogh's painting, which um, is a whole nother conversation. But the song American Pie, it probably is the greatest song ever written. And it's also one of the greatest stories ever written. And that song was a big deal for music, too, because it was the first song over two and a half minutes to make it to the top of the charts because it was it had so much to go and tell. But it was about the day the music died, which was the day that we lost Buddy Holly, Big Bopper and obviously Richie. And so uh, I'm glad to know that you're a fan of the songs. I think it's uh, it's a very pretty song. And I just texted you my my Don McLean. I have one of his autographs on the album and I'm literally staring at it right now while talking to you. Well, you know, um. We were sitting across the table from each other and he started explaining to me how he wrote the song and why he wrote the song. He was delivering papers. That's all true. No Everything way. that song was a part of his life to that day. Wow. And he's sitting there just telling me the story. And we're just sitting there talking like old friends. Mm. Richie's little sister with a man who wrote The Day the Music Died. Mm. At the surf ballroom in the green room were Buddy and Richie and the Crickets and the Big Bopper and Frankie Sardo and Carl, but well, not, no, I don't think Carl was there. I'm not sure when he got the frostbite. Um, but just all of that in that room with Don. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. What, what's what's something that you don't get to talk about? Like what's something that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people ask you a lot of the same questions I've asked you and hopefully there's a few that I brought up that you can uh, appreciate, but what's something that you feel you're like, I want to talk about this. This is something that you don't know about. What's, what's one or two things that you'd want the world to know? Um, I have a little brother. His name's Mario. And, um, He's a musician, mm. a mean heart. That's why Joe Lewis Walker invited him to this big buddy Holly 85th birthday party because he wants these people there to see who Richie Valens was and is and how his music still lives on, not only through the radio stations and, 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 and all of that, but through his family especially our younger brother. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and keep going. What else? Uh, Mario, we're going to be a fan of Mario now. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and he has, he's so humble. Do you know my brother when Richie was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in New York city at the Waldorf Astoria, we were all there. We were at rehearsal. We gave up our day of tours to be at rehearsal. And all these guys met my brother. We're talking um, James Burton, who we'll see. We're talking Kid Rock, um, Keith Richards, all of them. They were all there. And they got to know my little brother. And Kid Rock just loved him. 
And so um, they go backstage. Um, Paul Schaefer was the music director. And they go, hey, Paul, we got another one. We, we want this guy on stage. Well, who's this guy? Well, this is Richie Valens' little brother. And they go, you're Richie Valens' little brother? And Mario goes, yeah. He goes, and you play an instrument? And he, Mario goes, yeah. He goes, well, what do you play? And Mario goes, the harp. And Paul says, good, too many guitars. <laughs> wow, the yeah. harp. Yeah. Not, not what I would have expected. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, he's opened. Oh, the oh, harmonica. Yeah. The harmonica. Oh, I thought you what? said the harp. No, my, Mario calls it a harp, but it's a harmonica. Oh, it's like a harp is not what I would have expected, but no, the, the harmonica. Yeah, blues. I love it. Yeah, and so and Joe Lewis has heard him. He's he's open for Los Lobos countless times. Played with Los Lobos countless times. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, and and he's so humble. And let me tell you. He got written up in Rolling Stone magazine. Your brother? Because of the performance on that stage that night. No way. He had the people up on their feet. He started, um, he goes, Paul Schaefer goes, I'm going to go like this. And when I do this, you go, you'll go, you go. And when I go like this, Marl, you go. So my brother was ready. And wow. we were up, we were standing up because we were up, you know, cheap seats, $1,100 <laughs> a person. Um and when my brother, when he <clears throat> pointed at Mario, my heart just stopped. Because oh. Mario took that harmonica to his mouth with two hands and started going. And then everybody, the room started to get loud. And Mario heard that. And he jumped up on a monitor and played even harder. And he ended up on the floor on his knees. And everybody was up. Wow. Yeah. At the rock and roll. Yeah. There you go. Hall of Fame Awards. Thank you. It was Mar Mario's night. It was Mario's night. Who do you think and your brother you, would... Was there front and center with him. Uh, who do you think yeah. your brother would have been a fan of as music has evolved over the, the past six decades? Gosh, there's so many. Really? There's so many talented people. Um, and, you know, really at eight years old, I guess... Because a lot of times I would ask, like when we have a pop, a soda, well, we call it pop here at Soda. Yeah. Uh, uh, that Rocket Fizz wanted to do a label on. Hmm. And that's where the original Soy Capitan was. And I had to call Donna and ask her, you know, I'm not going to say, I like, I know everything I don't. You know, I have friends and family I can go to. And I said, so when you and Richie dated, what, what kind of soda did my brother like? And um, he, she said, well, we used to drink like RC. So it was cola, mm. you know, whether it be Pepsi, RC, you know, uh, Coca-Cola, Coke, it was cola. And so that's what Richie's pop or soda was made. They made a soy capitan cola through rocket fizz. Wow. So, so back, um, back to the musician, who do you think he would have, he would have been, been a fan of? Well, you see, again, I told you who he listened to when we were growing up. But there's so many good ones. And well, Bruno, well, look at Bruno Mars yeah. on his first CD. He's giving thanks to my brother, who was yeah. a huge influence on him. Mm. You know, um, Bruno Mars, by the way, from Hawaii to bring it back to Hawaii. Yeah, my sister's really good friends with his dad because they were from Vegas. Oh, wow. No yeah, way. Pete. 
Yeah. I love, I love Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um, you know, there were so many varied, I mean, you know, you could start in country, <laughs> you mm. know, I mean, think of all the people from country on up. I mean, I'm huge fans, like a huge, I saw Martina McBride. I love Patsy Cline, Tanya Tucker. I love all those good old girls, you know, um, Shania Twain. And then you have, of course, Eddie Cochran, who was a good friend of my brother's. They were good friends. His mom would call our house and talk to my mom because their boys were on tour. Unbelievable. Eddie yeah. Cochran, and, 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 and Eddie, was Eddie's big hit, Summertime Blues? Well, amongst others, yeah. But that, but that I knew about Summertime Blues because Alan Jackson later covered it in the mid-90s, and I was a big Alan yeah. Jackson fan. And that's what got yeah. me into yeah. Eddie Cochran. Dude. Joe Diffie, Alan, you know, um, Joe Tracy. Was one of, Joe was one of my best friends. He passed away on oh. COVID the day that my wife and I got engaged. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's he was okay. One, I, I love that guy. Um, Tracy Lawrence. Oh, uh, you're speaking my Brooks language. And, yeah, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. I met Vince Gill at the surf. I've never met Vince Gill, but he's in the Eagles now, which is one of my favorite groups. My wife and I named our first kid. Our, our daughter's six weeks old on Monday. We named her Henley after oh. Don Henley. Well, congratulations. Thank yeah. You. Um, I met him first at Tommy Ossoff's funeral. He flew, he, he broke tour, wow. flew to Oklahoma, Owasa, to be at, at Tommy's funeral. And what's is even sweeter than that, he came to play at the surf and he knew his mentor. Tommy Ossoff was his mentor. He taught him. Hmm. And so I got a meet and greet after with, with him. And um, I said, you know, Vince, you had a moment on stage when you were talking about how come you'd never played here before and what it meant to you to be on that same stage where, you know, and he talked a little bit about, you know, the day the music died and, and he goes, and I'm going to take you back to the fifties for just a moment. Hmm. So he got his guitar and, and I closed my eyes and I had tears coming down my face because I heard Tommy. Mm. in rift so when we were speaking i said you know when you said you were gonna go back to the 50s like when that rift i heard tommy and he looked at me and his eyes teared up and he said he taught me no way yes way he goes he taught me people don't realize vince gill is considered one of the greatest guitar players of all time well, yep He's obviously an and, incredible vocalist and he's a, he's a great he's got some great gospel stuff too um well yeah yeah <laughs> Amy Grant. Yeah, that's well, his <laughs> wife. I first yeah. heard Amy Grant with her pop song, Baby, Baby, You Put My Heart in Motion. I was a little kid. Stop for a minute. I'm just so glad you're my... See, I told you, I can't sing, but I know I know all the words to it. Um, yeah. and, um, so can you imagine sharing that moment with Vince? Tommy was family. I mean, he, he flipped the coin with my brother and he was afraid to meet me. I go, whoop. I'm looking up at him. Why would you be free to me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, because of who Richie was, he's lived vicariously through our family, through myself, through my brother, Bob, through my sister, Irma, and, and especially now through my brother, Mario, you know, um, he was playing all, he, Mario writes all his own music. And he said to me, I said, you know, you got to take your brother's legacy. And, and now that you're, doing this music you need to do some of his songs he goes i can't do them like richie i go i don't want you to do them like richie i want you to do them like mario you put your twist on them 
you should hear him do that. I go, start with the rockers. That's my little Susie in my head. Nobody's going to make you do La Bamba. You'll get to that maybe. And if you don't, that's okay. But there's other songs you can do. And he started doing that to my little Susie. Wow. Who's yeah. your favorite musician other than your brother? That's a hard one. Oh, here. Okay. Then here, here's a question I like to ask. And it's, it's have you ever that, heard of Casting Crowns? Yeah, the Christian group, duh. Duh. Yeah. I love them. I do too. Yeah. yeah one, one of my good friends is a guy named Micah Tyler. I don't know if you've heard him, but he's a Christian artist and um, you, you'd really like him. But before I forget, one of, the, one of the last questions I get to ask you you're stuck on an island, you're only allowed to listen to one song forever. What's the one song? Um, stay beside me. And why? Because when I hear it, he is. Mm. Yeah. Love it. Uh, what do we do to help the Valens family continue to share all the love and all the joy and the power of your family and the music and your brother? Just remember, don't let it go. Don't let it die. Don't yeah. let the die yeah wow yeah. yeah and um he he pretty much um gave everything he had just like buddy and the bopper and all the other great artists who have perished you know who have gone before they were out there doing it for a reason as far as my brother we know his reason you know um jp's was the same reason you know, he had a family to support and raise. And Buddy was out there, you know, building his career back up after the breakup with the crickets. You know, everybody has a reason. Um, and so many wonderful artists we've lost over the years. Look at Selena, what a waste. Yeah. And, and their family and what they went through. Yeah. I mean, um, so many taken so too tragically you know, it was so tragic, taken so early, especially yeah. from my brother. And I, that's another thing. He was only 17. A lot of people don't even know he was 17. When, when you tell him that, even all these years later, he was only 17. Yeah. It's a mystery. Richie was really a mystery that he could do all that he did in eight months. And um, I talk as a mentor to, to organizations where there's at youth risk and one of the things i say is raise your if you're 17 raise your hand and there are few few of them will and i say you're 17 my brother was 17 in eight months he he's he became an icon a legend you have the rest of your life what are you going to do with it that's powerful you know that's true and, uh, yeah you know, and um, you've sent me some really good questions, by the way. I think I asked them all. I I've think been... you did. Um, there was one. Yeah, we talked about La Bamba. Um, We talked about how he created his music. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did good. Yeah, we. Flo I, I can't, I've been cross-referencing them to make sure it, it kind of flows back and forth. But, I, you know, and I, um, I, I, this is, you've been awesome. This has been um, truly a, a highlight for me. And hopefully you can appreciate the fact that it really is about the music and about carrying the legacy. And I feel, um, so I, I own a real estate company and I've done it for 
you know, I'm, I've done it since I was 21 years old. So over two decades and the older I get, um, you know, the more I'm pulled away from the stuff that pays my bills, knowing that I truly feel in my heart of hearts that I'm a Christian and my number one goal is to bring people to Jesus. But I feel like my worldly goal literally is to go and have conversations with, with iconic people like you to where I can go and share that to where I feel like it's bizarre. I feel this incredible power to go and help carry on the gift and the story of music to multiple generations, because I just worry. I think music today sucks. I think music today for the most part is disgusting. I think it's classless and I don't think it's actually real music. And that scares me because I don't know why God put this in me, but it was not normal for a four-year-old to become a Richie Valens fan or a Beach Boys fan or any kind of music fan. And that's always been kind of my my ride. And so um, I, I know that you, I'm just very grateful for you. And I look forward to being a friend of your family and to helping however I can. But um, well, I, just... I, I so appreciate that. And I just want to say, um, Jacob Palmier, thank you. Yeah, same. <laughs> for introducing us because same. Jacob has been a little rock for me, whether he knows it or not. Um, Did he tell you how we connected? How you and he connected? Through a Facebook group. Oh, really? I'm Literally. Not yeah. Yeah. He um sent me a few years ago a beautiful poster of Go Johnny Go. It was a theatrical poster. Mm. And he said that he it was still in the tube and he probably wasn't going to do anything. He wanted the family to have it. And I offered to pay him for it. He said no. So I sent him a bunch of cool Richie stuff. And I said, and I'm gonna make you a promise, Joseph. Uh, I'm sorry, Jacob. Sorry, sorry, Jake. Um, I'm gonna make sure this gets a special home. Well, guess what? The surf just opened two restaurants. Wow. And it is hanging at a restaurant the surf owns on the same parking lot called Legacy. Mm. So that poster is there. And I've sent Jacob pictures of me with the poster before it was hung and after it was hung. And yeah, pretty special. Wow. He's a very special human. <laughs> I, I agree. I you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to do whatever I can to help him out and and you too. He's, and coming, it, he's coming to the Winter Dance Party this um, 23. Uh, in Lubbock? No, the Winter Dance Party here at the Surf Ballroom. Oh my gosh. He's wow. coming. And I'm wow. going to make sure he gets the VIP treatment. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. And, and whoever, you all, whoever else you think of, I mean, this is, this is what this is all about. It's just having a conversation and just seeing where it goes. But anyone else you can think of that would be, you know, somebody worth chatting with I, i'd love any intros and um you know happy to happy to do whatever i can to make it make it worthwhile you know who john mueller is no ma'am john mueller does winter dance party he does recreation he plays buddy oh no way i'd love yeah. that yeah and i actually did his podcast it's called your buddy your buddy um and he's on i think youtube and i did a, a podcast with him but just you know audio and um, it was, he said that was a, his, that's the favorite one of all his uh, fans. And oh. he does, but so just go to um, yourbuddy.com or John Mueller's Winter Dance Party. Google him. Well, I would, I would love to. And, and, and text me when you can your address. I'm going to, I'm going to send you something as a thank you, but um, yep. you're, you're awesome. This was, this was so special. Uh, well, and you're a brother. I love it. I knew there was something in those eyes. Oh, you talking about Jesus? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's let I've always been a Jesus. I'm <laughs> I love sorry. That. There's a song we sing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me let me tell you about my Jesus. And yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you, you're um, seriously. Thank you. I know that you're you've got a lot going on, and that you probably have people like me reach out a lot, and so it means a lot that you would trust um, that you would trust me. And I promise you that. I will spend the rest of my life honoring your family and doing all I can to carry on the legacy. And um, I just want you to know that. And just from a, a deep down place in my heart, I, I, I'm just very grateful. So thank you for, uh, for giving me your time today. Well, it was my pleasure. And for you to speak those words about my family just humbles me to no end. Thank you so much. Yes, I mean, it's like, I have no words. So, well, I need uh, to get your autograph for my back house. I need, I need I'd you to, love to. Yeah, you got to find something that you can send me and I, I'll send you. Okay. Well, yeah. So, we'll okay. Find well, something thank you. So